0: Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host for a better America, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because, you know, we're going to give you the facts. You're going to tell you the truth. Thanks for joining us today on the Herman Cain Show. And as usual, in order to help us be a better America, Mr. Jamie Dupree. Hey, Herman. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you, sir? Excellent. NSA Outcome. I got a question for you. Yes. The Freedom Act passed. Yes. The President signed it. Yep. Does... Majority leader Mitch McConnell sound a little bit like sour grapes.
1: You know, it's really interesting. Because I wrote this on my blog today because, I mean, his gamble on this really failed, and it failed badly over the last couple of weeks and really yeah. the last couple of months. He, late last year. Uh, the House of Representatives had already approved this same plan because everybody was already looking ahead to when uh, some of these provisions would expire. They took a lot of time on the House side in a bipartisan fashion, which meant they didn't get everything they wanted on right. both sides. But they cut a deal that involved the intelligence community and the intelligence committees. It was bipartisan. They reached over to the Senate as well to find supporters in both parties there, and yet McConnell uh, just he resisted that. He and a group of other Senate Republicans really wanted to keep going with the exact same situation with the NSA, and that was they would get all these phone records in bulk from the phone companies, and they'd be able to go in and look at them anytime they wanted to. And, you know, I I think in the end there had just been sort of this building thing in the last two years since the leaks of Edward Snowden that a lot of people just felt like, you know what? uh you know i don't have a problem with the nsa looking at that stuff but they should go get a warrant and just go through the regular kind of legal process in order to do that if they have yes. a terrorism investigation And it was funny to watch because the House vote on this bill was so overwhelming in both parties. And then it got to the Senate, and uh, the Senate Majority Leader put up the stop sign. He didn't want it, but he didn't have the votes. He didn't have the leverage. Everybody went home, remember, before Memorial Day? Yeah. Then the authorities ran out for three different provisions of surveillance law and he still didn't have the leverage. And he lost a series of votes yesterday that would have uh, cha- watered down the bill to his more to his liking. And, you know, right before the final vote, he just lit into the, the final measure and the supporters of it. But you just don't, Uh, you know, you don't feel that among most Republicans. It was true, yes, in the Senate uh, there was a majority that voted against it, but over here where I am on the House of Representatives side today, this was a plan that deserved a lot of support. It had the backing of Speaker Boehner, it had the backing of a number of Republicans in the House, and so it's been an interesting last couple weeks, not only the, the Republicans fighting Rand Paul and fighting each other, Senator McConnell, the majority leader, trying to stop this, but then a House versus Senate battle as well. And it's a reminder that if you get your ducks in a row and you really negotiate something that is bipartisan, yeah, you don't get everything you want, but you can get something done. And, you know, I I, I do find it interesting that in, that McConnell on this one, he gambled, he gambled repeatedly, yes. and he just seemed to misread the situation and and just didn't have as much support as maybe he thought he did.
0: I would agree. And the question is... Was it his own personal conviction that he wanted to dig in his heels on this, or was he being encouraged by staff members? That's what's so puzzling well, about I it. Well, I do
1: think that there are, some, there are a number of Republicans. Uh, Marco Rubio would be one of them, both of your senators from Georgia uh, and, and others, who really felt like changing the NSA situation in terms of the bulk phone records is right. a mistake. they believe that it is wrong to take that data out of the hands of the NSA and leave it in the hands of the phone companies and there were some Democrats frankly there were people on the Intelligence Committee who felt like that Rand Paul and others had demagogued this in their words and that nothing bad was happening but you know there become this perception that the government and the NSA had all these things and you know they were listening to your phone calls so they had all the data and everything like that and i think uh, what 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 spurred these this effort to come up with this new law was the feeling that, okay, there's all these worries out there. We may not agree with those worries, but we got to fix it in some way. And what they simply, uh, you know, I, I read the, the report and the bill language on this. They've come up and they've structured a system that wasn't there before. Let's face it, the NSA used the Patriot Act in a way that it was not intended to be used. And I think that this is really, you know, one of the first reversals in anti-terrorism efforts by the U.S. since the 9-11 attacks, and uh, you know, to, to, to move back and rein in a bit on the NSA, but in a way that is still, a lot of people here feel like the NSA will still be very effective in doing its
0: job. They just have another step they have to go through yeah, to that's get it. the information they're looking for, and personally, look, I was not there for the debate, so I don't know all of the reasons as to why people came down and made their decisions, but I do know this, I don't see a problem with that extra step, and so we will continue to No, listen.
1: Forward. It was to, to me, it was a very, very fascinating last few weeks in the way that, again, like I said, not only did we have Rand Paul versus other Republicans, and yeah. I think that just sets us up for even more battling amongst them in the months ahead, but then we also had this House versus Senate thing. And as much as the Senate Majority Leader, he, he clearly wanted to force the House to back down, and instead he was the one that got jammed on this. He was the one. I mean, what what were the last 10 days about? It wasn't about Democrats fighting Republicans. No. It was really about the GOP battling each other. It gave Rand Paul a soapbox to stand on, and in the end, the majority leader didn't come out smelling the best out of this, uh, and and you know, raise some questions as to why he pushed so hard on this, when he obviously didn't
0: have the votes. Well, I certainly hope that some of the ones who uh, felt the same way that McConnell felt Um, Some of the senators will say, okay, that one's over with. Let's not play. I'm going to get you next time. Let's move on. The The senators have voted. It is now done. Let's move on. Don't make it appear as if battle lines are being drawn between the House and the Senate. Battle lines are being drawn between, you know, some Republicans and others on everything that comes up, or they will be shooting themselves in the foot.
1: Well, I think it is a reminder, too, that uh, just as in life, as in everything, Herman, whether it's in your family, in your office, in your business or whatever, sometimes you have leverage and sometimes you don't. And in this case, uh, the majority leader did not have as much leverage as I think he felt like he had. Now, that being said, when is the next time that we'll look at this? Well, barring some kind of uh, meltdown, this new law for these provisions again the lone wolf surveillance the uh... the new bulk record situation and the roving wiretaps all of those will expire at the end of twenty nineteen so in another four and a half years you know another four years that will be a logical time again for the congress to sort of step back like this and see if they should come up with something different that's why they didn't make it uh... you know permanent in law they they use this sunset as it's called and have it expire every few years in order to force these kinds of
0: debates sort of a related topic and that is isis and its social media presence and i bring that up because i think that the threats to some of these airlines is part of that whole social media uh, work on the psychic of the American people thing.
1: Well, you know, we've got this story that's uh, been breaking the last two days in Boston as well. Uh, the guy who was shot, who was under surveillance yeah. by investigators, and there's a hearing going on right now here in the Congress about social media and about the Islamic State. And I thought some really interesting uh, remarks this morning from a top anti terrorism official in the Obama administration saying that the Islamic State has been very, very aggressive in recent months in using social media to encourage. Uh, attacks in the West and in the United States, and also saying that, that that the Islamic State, in a sense, is is very very sophisticated in how they use YouTube, how they use Facebook, how they use Twitter and other social media platforms, almost like a sophisticated marketing organization. The way it was described to lawmakers today, in how they attach their uh, their their different calls for action to breaking news and other trending items on Twitter and. On the internet to get even more people to uh, pay attention to it. So, it was sort of a, an interesting look inside the group that not only are they spreading terror and spreading their word, but they're uh, in, in the minds of US officials being very, very aggressive and very,
0: very smart about the way they're doing it on social media. Yeah, and they know that if you have some young minds that have a muster seed of resentment towards the United States of America, their objective clearly is to grow that little mustard seed and cause some of them to want to go over there and fight or to do some of the lone wolf kinds of things that, that they've been trying to do
1: here. Yeah, and that's, I, you know, the lone wolf thing I think is the thing that worries. That worries uh, intelligence people more than anything
0: else. I would agree. For your responses, 10 years?
1: Yeah, we got a we had a hearing yesterday, and we got another one going on right now. That's a little different flavor. But yesterday, we had reporters in different organizations uh, that were up there that were talking about how long that they have had to wait at times to get uh, a Freedom of Information Act requests filled. Uh, there was uh, there was one a reporter that said that her daughter was eight when she made a request to the uh, Pentagon for some information, and that information was not turned over until her daughter was leaving for college ten years later. And you know, we laugh about it, but. I- I've had cases, too, where it takes a long time to seemingly get just sort of normal information out of agencies that you wouldn't think would take that long to. So we had that yesterday. Now, today we've got officials from a number of federal agencies who are in testifying. And, uh, for example, the Department of Homeland Security, they've had a huge increase in their backlog with Freedom of Information Act requests. They didn't really get any answers as to why or how that's going to be fixed. There was an official here from the IRS who acknowledged that in – remember when the TPAR, targeting thing broke as two yes. years ago. Yes. They said they got 154 FOIA requests back then for information about these different groups. They're looking for the tax-exempt uh, uh, situation. That they, they still haven't even fulfilled 34 of those 154 FOIA requests, and it's two years later. You're supposed to do these things in a few months. And there was a lot of back and forth between Republicans and some of these uh, uh, groups uh, and some of these officials about whether or not they're just dragging their feet because it's a political problem rather than just uh, getting out the documents. Now, one interesting thing is that we got a little into the Hillary Clinton email stuff. The Democrats today were – their big push, they were saying, well, you know, Hillary Clinton turned over these documents, but uh, Condoleezza Rice never did and Colin Powell never did. So that was their pushback today. It didn't seem to be that effective or anything like that. But that's
0: where the Democrats were headed in this hearing today. Unbelievable. Uh, what do they uh, – is the hearing intended to try and break the logjam or to let them know that Congress is watching and they've got to step up their game on the In part requests? that
1: and in part also to say, okay, if you're not going to change and you're just going to drag your feet, then lawmakers are going to have to find some way uh, to ratchet up the pressure and force action even more. But as one person said yesterday, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, throw people in jail, that's probably not going to happen.
0: One last quick thing. Rick Perry is going to announce tomorrow, and that would be 13 candidates? Tomorrow, and
1: then uh, let me see. I think Bobby Jindal's got an announcement set for later in this month as well. We're still waiting for Jeb Bush, still waiting for Scott Walker, John Kasich. So, yeah, this thing just
0: keeps growing, Herman. There's still time for you, buddy. Well, right now we're going to do our daily presidential race analysis, y'all. Pray. (laughs) See you later, Herman. (laughs) Thank you, Shane. Not Shaney B. You're welcome. You you didn't do that. Jamie D. That was Jamie Jamie Dupree. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day on the radio and at HermanCain.com. Coming up, rapid fire. And remember, only Shaney B. can prevent